the 1-0. Swing, fly ball, center field. Robert back to the wall. And there it goes! It's time for the Ben Charrington Show. Every Sunday on the Pirates Radio Network. Toward the wall. There it goes! Home run for Andrew McCutcheon. He hit it the other way over the Clemente wall. Join us every Sunday, one hour from the first pitch of the game. As we get the latest on our Pirates straight from Ben himself. It's the Ben Charrington Show. Every Sunday. Now here's Joe Block. And welcome into the show here on this Sunday afternoon. Happy Father's Day to you and yours. Joe Block with Ben Charrington here in Milwaukee, getting set for the Pirates and the Brewers in just a little bit. And a happy Father's Day to you as well, Ben. Happy Father's Day, Joe, and it is great to be here. And uh, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Baseball, I feel like, um, does a good job with days like this and, um, you know, uh, recognizing them but also doing a lot of good around it. And uh, a lot, lot of, lot of money has been raised for, uh, you know, prostate cancer and you know, things that are, uh, important um, to help baseball as a, a, a platform there to do good, and, and we ought to take every advantage of that. So happy Father's Day, everybody. Yeah, it's been a, it's a fun atmosphere here today in Milwaukee, and uh, entering the series really thinking about uh, a battle for first place that the Pirates are involved in, and this is uh, kind of uh, what uh, the theme has been for these few days. And... Uh, but the Pirates uh, have lost the first two games of the series, so the Brewers have assumed first place. Uh, the Pirates in third place for the first time uh, since the first week of the season. Uh, but that can change today uh, that, uh, because it's so tightly packed. So uh, what is your view on the, the state of the Pirates uh, at this stage of this season? Yeah, um, well, it, it's been a difficult road trip, and we got to get things turned around. But, you know, when you're in one of these stretches, it's obviously it, <laughs> it never feels as good as, um, as it ought to. And uh, I think what... What I'm reminded of is uh, as, as we look at our team and also the entire division, that every team in the division pretty much has gone through stretches of good, stretches of not good, and it's all added up to a very tightly packed group. And I anticipate that's probably the way it's going to remain. And when, when any of the teams in the NL Central have been in the middle of one of their better stretches, because it's so tightly packed, that team kind of matric matriculates to the top, and, and it feels better when that happens. And then, you know, likewise, uh, any of the teams that have, you know, when they've been in their tougher stretches have fallen back a little bit, and it doesn't feel as good. So that's that's where we are right now. Uh, we just got to get back on track and, and get to playing better baseball. We believe we will. Um, we're also, you know, working and focused every day on, on ways we can improve internally, externally. Um, you know, feel very despite the recent, you know, d despite how the road trip has gone, um, also don't think the road trip has changed anything about how we view the division, the season, our team, uh, very focused on, you know, we want to we wanna keep getting better. We want to, we believe and plan on being in this thing. Um, just got to go out and, and do all the things we have to do to, to do that, to stay in it and, you know, win, win games when we have an opportunity, give ourselves a chance to, uh, get to improvements, whether those are, you know, things we can do internally here with the team and um, players on our current team continuing to get better and perform or whether that's guys in our system that might help us at some point or eventually as we get into July, um, external also. Uh, we, you know, we've been, we've been in touch with uh, every team in baseball by now. It's still a little bit early in June for, for trades to happen. Occasionally they do, but, um, you know, more likely in July. So right now, 
uh, we're, we're mostly focused on getting better uh, in in ways that are internal to the Pirates. Well, that's great a synopsis uh, that answers a lot of probably what is on folks' minds. And I know for me, I've been enjoying following this team this year. All right, uh, is this going to be uh, a potential uh, playoff push for the Pirates almost halfway through the season now and still very much in the thick of things, and you believe that it's going to stay tightly packed, um, and you believe that the, the Pirates can uh, have their team get added to uh, going forward so that those are good things so uh, I, I guess the the way I want to go with that is um, we see a lot of talk about Henry Davis specifically uh, of course because he was the number one pick a lot of focus on him but uh, when when it comes to any player uh, deciding when they can help this ball club but also maybe they're not all the way completed with the development that you would desire for them in the minor leagues well how do you make that decision well, do, do we push them a little bit now because the team's doing well, or, or do we need to really stay the course, or does that vary from case to case? Well, we, you know, we, we really worked to, to consider every possible variable in that, every mm -hmm. possible input, and that comes out through conversations with our player development staff, our, our analyst group, baseball ops, and the major league staff certainly has an important uh, voice in that because we have to think about, you know, if – it, what is the opportunity on, a, on our major league team? Um, if there is an opportunity, what is it? And do we have anyone in our organization uh, who uh, can, can make our team better in the role that we have in the, in, in, in the opportunity that we might have available? Um, so we consider all of that. Um, but the simple answer to your question is that if there is a player in our organization, whatever level they're at, um, Pretty much, it, you know, it, if we believe and we have evidence that evidence to believe that uh, that player gives us a gives our major league team a better chance to win games, there's nothing there's nothing that's going to stand in the way of us, you know, yeah. making that move. Um, assuming again, assuming that the answer to that question is yes, because that if the answer to the question is is this player does this player have a, have a chance to help us win games, then inside that question. Um, are the other are the smaller questions? You know, what is the role? Um, you know, what is what what player has to come off the team uh, to make to make room for this player? Uh, what other impact you know is there from that roster decision? But if after we kind of talk through all that stuff, uh, and if, if if it's if it's clear if it's determined that we have a player who can will just improve our chances to win a baseball game today, tomorrow, next week, whenever it is. Then we're going to make that move. <laughs> you know, there's nothing, nothing getting in the way of doing that. And um, so, uh, it, I hope that actually, that, I hope that happens. You know, <laughs> I hope that can, it's already happened. It's already happened a little bit. You know, we've seen guys uh, come up and contribute to winning already. You know, Mar Marcano started the year in the minor leagues, and he's come up and helped us. And Johan Ramirez started the year in the minor leagues. He's come up and helped us. Uh, Luis Ortiz started the year in the minor leagues. He's in our rotation now. You meant, uh, we, you know, Beto made his uh, major league debut last week. Um, so we will not be afraid of, of adding players from the minor leagues, but it has to start. We have to start with the question of, you know, is, is there a role on the team? What is it? What is the impact of making that move? And is this player going to, do we believe that he gives us a better chance to win a game tonight? If all that lines up, 
then we'll see more players. I'm just glad that we can talk about that because that means that there are guys that are at least making it a conversation uh, that, that are playing in the minor leagues and playing well right now for the Pirates. We'll talk more about some of those pitchers you mentioned. I want to uh, get your thoughts on Beto, who is going to go tomorrow for the Pirates. Uh, that's coming up here as we continue on the Ben Sherrington Show from Milwaukee right here on the Pirates Radio Network. We're back on the Ben Charrington show from Milwaukee. Pirates and Brewers are coming up, and, and you alluded to uh, Osvaldo Beto, who is going to make his second start uh, at the, in the homestand against the Cubs coming up here. And, and you mentioned Luis Ortiz earlier, and Ortiz made that quick ascension through the Pirates' minor league system last year. They're both from the Dominican Republic, and being starting pitchers from the DR, uh, that had been something for a long time, decades, where the Pirates did not have any starting pitchers that came through their system from the Dominican Republic. Now they've gotten two that are in the rotation currently. So uh, maybe give us a little thought on, because uh, it gets lost. It takes a lot of years for guys to, from when they're signed to make the major leagues. But uh, give us a thought on, on what's going on at the Dominican Academy in your years with the Pirates. And do we foresee maybe starting pitching and, and the like coming from the DR and, and other uh, Latin American countries too for the Pirates? Well, it's, it's critical. Um, and, you know, one of the things we've, you know, we learn over time uh, is that pitching, maybe relative to position players, um, pitching really can, pitching is critical, obviously. It's so important. You can't win without it. Um, and it comes from more places. So <laughs> by that, I mean in the draft. Um, there are exceptions to this, of course, but in the draft, if you look historically at the draft, um, highest percentage of really good position players who end up in the big leagues are pretty high picks, you know, first rounders. Of course, there are exceptions to that, but um, you look predominantly at guys who come out of the draft and end up being good position players in the major leagues. A high percentage of them are really high picks. With pitchers, you see more of a spread throughout the draft. You see, you know, really good pitching coming out of the first round, but you also, you can find really good pitchers from every round of the draft. Um, and, and in Latin America, it's, it's a similar story. Uh, if you look just, and of course, the proxy we have is signing bonus. Instead of round, there's no draft internationally. But if you look at just the size of the signing bonuses, um, over time, there's even more exceptions because the players are so young. But over time, uh, we see that there's a stronger correlation between size of signing bonus and position player, mm -hmm. uh, you know, outcomes or success if, you're, if we're talking about international. Um, again, with pitching, it's across the board. You find success stories of, of pitchers signing from Latin America with bigger bonuses, but also lots that signed for 50,000, mm. 20,000, whatever. Um, and I think all that means is just a, it's just what it means. It's a reminder that pitching is really hard to predict and pitchers can change a lot, a lot uh, over time. And probably I think, I believe as an industry, um, we have, we have learned a lot over time about how to train pitching, how to, what, what we can do to help someone improve a delivery or design a new pitch or improve command, all those things. And then, of course, you have the injury thing on top of it, which adds a layer of risk with, with pitching. So that's all to say that uh, developing pitching out of our academy, critical. The two guys you mentioned, Ortiz and Vito, were pirates before I got here, so it, which speaks to the time it takes uh, to get um, – to get to those outcomes, we're talking about um, Ortiz and Beto here now, and we're talking about you know the next class of pitchers coming to the academy. It's going to be years before anyone's heard of them. <laughs> um, but what we need to do is identify the traits uh, that we would look for in a young pitcher, the traits that would give a, a young pitcher a chance to mature and grow, 
we look at things like body type and how they move and how they project to grow physically. Um, you know, even though the stuff is not fully developed at 16 years old, you can learn something from just how the ball comes out of their hands, how they spin the ball. Um, strikes, you know, just some ability to throw strikes even at a young age matters. So certainly the work ethic and head and heart uh, work that our group does matters. So you have to do all that work. And then, you, and then critically, we've got to design the best possible development environment we can. Um, and we've got great people doing that from the academy, you know, Hector Morales overseeing our academy, but Amori Telemaco, who's our Latin American pitching coordinator, who pours his heart and soul into that group. The, pitch, the coaches on the ground at, actually at the academy, and then as guys come over to the States, the group that's at Pirate City, uh, it really is, if you think about that, the training for a young Latin American pitcher, um, it's a continuum that starts at the academy and then moves into Pirate City with some of them. We're really focusing on physical development, delivery development, strikes, um, and uh, and then the pitch, more finer points of pitch design, you know, exactly what the breaking ball does or shaping a fastball a certain way. We've got time to do that later on. Um, at the, at, the, at the youngest level, it's really about getting that, that foundational work, work going so the guys like know how they move, they know how their body moves, they know, how to, they know what the core principles of their delivery are, uh, which will lead to being in the zone more. Um, and we've got time to do some fine-tuning of stuff you know, later on. But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a really important area for us. We've got to be great at it. Um, when, even when you're great at it, you know, <laughs> it takes years to... Uh, to get a kid from the Dominican to the major leagues. But Ortiz and Beto are uh, great examples of, of all that work. We need more. Um, and also, you know, it happens to be the case that, uh, as I was talking about before, in or Ortiz and Beto's case, neither of these guys were high-profile kids when they signed. Signed uh, later, too, right? Signed later. Neither, and, and you see so many examples of that in baseball, uh, in major league baseball right now. So we've learned from that. And... Uh, uh, proud of the work that our scouting group and our development group is doing to continue that pipeline. We, we needed to keep going for sure. Yeah, it really, uh, really struck me when Houston was in town because of yep. most of their rotation were guys that signed after 16 uh, internationally and were very successful. So uh, some food for thought there. Wanted to touch uh, on Roancy Contreras. Had that much better outing yesterday. Six up, six down out of the bullpen and uh, had some uh, really tough issues uh, prior to that. Uh, but then earlier this year, it was looking good, but the velocity was down. Uh, but then we've seen it come back up. So uh, we've seen a lot from Ron C. Contreras, but uh, I like to remind folks, he's the youngest guy on his team right now, too. Yeah. Uh, what do you see from him? What, what issues has, uh, have uh, he had uh, that he's working through? And how is he working through them? And now, uh, how far along is he, do you think? Yeah. Well. Let me first say, you start with, you kind of reference this, but um, not only is he young, but we also know he's an exceptionally hard worker. He cares. He's a great teammate. He wants to be good. He's accountable, very accountable. Um, takes his craft seriously. So if you add all those things up, you know, that's a, that's a really good starter kit for uh, a really good major league pitcher. We believe he will be. And, uh, you know, remember when he, he, he has a really good slider and curveball. We know that. You see that still now, even through some struggles. Um, you remember, we remember when he was first, when he first came up uh, in 2021, the fastball was a weapon also. And even though he would go to the slider uh, to get a, you know, miss when he needed it, 
that slide, that fastball was helping him, uh, helping his secondary pitches. And he would get some outs with his fastball also. And, you know, for whatever the reasons are, probably a combination of reasons, um, you know, this year the fastball has been, that's been something that he's, you know, had less confidence in and, um, you know, has, hasn't, hasn't been as effective a pitch for him. So that's really the main focus is, 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 is that, he, that he's working on, he's focused on, we're working on with him, is, is to try to help him, you know, recapture uh, a, a level of confidence in the fastball. Um, some of that is just where he's using it, when he's using it, being willing to use it. Um, uh, there, there, there's, some, there's some design work he's doing also with it. Um, he's got great natural ability to spin a baseball, to get to the breaking balls. His slider's really good, obviously. Um, but to be the starting pitcher that we know we believe he's capable of, obviously he's going to need an assortment of pitches, including the fastball. I'd say that's probably the primary, primary focus right now. It was great to see him yesterday have that outing. Good for him, um, you know, hopefully good for confidence. Just keep going, you know. Uh, you, you mentioned it. Um, all kinds of examples of pitchers who have gone through this kind of thing, younger, young in their career. Um, there's pitchers on the other side of the field here today, even, <laughs> who have gone this through this kind of thing, younger in their career, spent some time in a bullpen, and ended up being elite major league starters. So the examples are everywhere. Um, we believe Rowanzi can be one of those guys. You know, just got to continue to help him towards that. Now, there's one that was sitting uh, in your chair and will be again. <laughs> Bob Walk was talking about his experience going through similar things a little bit ago. We got to pause 10 seconds now for stations to identify themselves here on the Pirates Radio Network. We'll return to Milwaukee with Ben Charrington right after this here on the Pirates Radio Network. We're back on the Ben Charrington Show from Milwaukee. The Pirates and the Brewers are coming up in just a little bit. Well, this week we saw Carmen Majinski make his major league debut, the first Pirate from one of the drafts that you presided over back in 2020 to make the major leagues, and uh, I bet you that felt good for you. And but also, uh, why was he ready for the promotion? Yeah, well, happy for Carmen. Um, he he's he he had sort of tracked steadily through the system coming into this year. Last year was his Double A year. Uh, had mostly you know performed as a starting pitcher. Um, had tracked steadily. Probably hadn't like jumped off the page uh, yet with his performance up until uh, you know through last year. Always saw a guy with good physicality, um, a lot of arm strength, quick mover, good athlete, uh, flashes of really good stuff. And then to his credit, he really made some important changes over the offseason uh, in terms of how his body was moving on the mound, his, his arm pattern, just the, the arm stroke uh, that coincided with a jump in, in pitch quality and stuff quality that we saw in spring training, that everyone, you know, as we watched spring training, saw that play out. So the combination of the changes he made in his delivery and his arm pattern with the stuff jumping up um, and what we know about Carmen's personality, we felt in spring training, adding all that up, that we felt like there was a quicker path to the major leagues as a reliever uh, and that that could actually even happen this year if we went in that direction. And so had the conversation with him in spring training. He was on board with that. So we went to Indy uh, in that role. Uh, perfor has performed well. Uh, has been one of the better, you know, relievers in in in, trip in, in, in the inter international league, and we're seeing that quality of stuff play out. He's made some refinements even since spring training. Um, but yeah, he, he he was putting himself on the map. He wasn't on the roster yet, and so uh, we waited for an opportunity. And uh, you know, uh, this this series in Milwaukee was that opportunity. It was great to see him out there pitching. And the, the following pick that year was Jared Jones and uh, in the very little we saw him in spring training he was also uh, noticeable and seeing that he's been pitching well too in the minor leagues how close is he 
to being big league ready? Yeah, well, he's he's had a terrific season in Double A. Um, the thing about pitching is that I would say it is probably a little bit not. It's not easy. We don't know for sure all the time, but it is a little bit easier to predict what a pitcher is going to do transitioning to the major leagues. And the reason I say that is because with pitching, you can measure all of the pitches the same way we would in the major leagues. So we have data on every single pitch a pitcher throws. What's the spin rate? What's the movement? Where does the pitch go? What happens when they throw this? What is the hitter telling you? You know, all that stuff is visible to us. We're at whatever level they're at. And so if you, you know, close your eyes, you're sort of just looking at the data and close your eyes and, and, and see what a pitcher is doing in double A or wherever they are. Okay, these are the pitches they're throwing. This is how they're moving, at what velocity, what locations. And you just transport that same thing into a major league environment. You kind of predict, you know, what's going to happen. Um, it's not perfect, but it's, it's, it's a little bit easier to do that for a pitcher than it is for a position player. Position players, more, there's more complexity to a, uh, with a position player uh, adjustment because position players reacting to the pitch. The pitcher is controlling the ball and making the pitch. So that's a long way of answering your question, um, but we do have, we think, good insight on you know what's going to translate to the big leagues. Uh, Jared has 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 certainly has qualities uh, that would translate to the major leagues. He's he's diligently working on some things. Also, he's had a terrific Double A season so far. Um, we anticipate that you know at some point it'll be time to challenge him. Um, and and you know we we tend to believe that there's some value in going to AAA. Uh, doesn't always happen, but usually, you know, we, we, we want to see that happen. Um, but he's got, he's got multiple pitches. He's, he's thrown strikes. Uh, he has different ways of getting hitters out. He can get a guy to miss, but he can also create some weak contact with pitches. Um, he's a very competitive, very good athlete, uh, you know, two-way player in high school, center fielder. He would have been a prospect as a center fielder. So, uh, we're excited about what he's doing, and, and he's certainly um, he's a name that um, you know comes up in conversation more often. And one more name I wanted to ask you about with was Anthony Soldomito. Uh, he's the youngest pitcher now in the Eastern League. Just got promoted to Double A. Twenty years old, six foot five, lefty, funky delivery. What uh, what got him to earn the promotion to Double A? Well, when we drafted Anthony, our, our scouting job, scouting group did a great job getting to know him, and we felt at the time we drafted him that he was pretty mature for his age just in terms of know-how and what he's trying to do on the mound and his routine and that we quickly saw that in pro ball um, he's, he's you know one of our best workers uh, really good routine he knows who he is as a pitcher he's still working on things and getting better but he knows who he is he sort of knows what he needs to do to get hitters out and he's done that consistently uh, during his time in pro ball he was pitching in Greensboro which is one of the toughest pitching environments in minor league baseball and succeeding there if you're a pitcher and you're succeeding in Greensboro um, pretty good sign <laughs> that you're you have a chance to succeed at the next level so he had been there long enough succeeding for long enough and again we can we can combine that with what the pitchers pitches are doing and measure that we just felt he was ready for the next challenge and uh, that by going to double a um, he can continue to work on all the stuff that he was working on in Greensboro but he would just get to face a slightly better level of hitter um, but in an environment, actually, in Altoona, um, that in, in some ways is more forgiving for pitchers than, than Greensboro is. Um, so we just felt like, and, 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 and the maturity thing that I mentioned, he's, he's mature beyond his years. So we just felt like it was a good time to challenge him and 
Um, he had his first outing there already and did a good job. And so it'll be fun to see him progress now in double A. Good insight from Ben Sherrington, Pirates general manager. One more segment with Ben when we continue from Milwaukee right after this on the Pirates radio network. Back with you for a final segment here on the Ben Charrington Show from Milwaukee. Pirates and Brewers are coming up. We did want to touch on the draft in the trade season. It's it's burgeoning. How about the draft first? Uh, what are the Pirates doing right now? They've got the number one pick in this upcoming draft. And uh, we're only, what, two, three weeks, three weeks away now, I guess, from that. So what what's taking place at this stage? Well, we're watching college, you know, World Series games on TV. Uh, there was a good one last night that I drown my sorrows in watching <laughs> <laughs> so we're all watching those games um, our amateur group is out there getting last touches with every player in their area whether it's a high school or college you know a lot of the, obviously a lot of the colleges are done by now which allows our scouts to go in and meet one last time with college players um, with the, the, the teams that are still playing the college world series we'll get a chance to do that once the once the world series is over so last touch points with players uh, most of the work in terms of evaluating is done. I mean, mm -hmm. there's not, you know, you're you're obviously checking on health and things like that. Uh, the draft combine is coming up, and that's an important time to get a little additional data uh, on um, players. A lot of high school players will be there. Um, that's out in, um, in Phoenix this year. And so we'll have a, a strong contingent from the Pirates at that event. And that's uh, there. There are there's a lot to learn at that event, and, and Major League Baseball does a great job. So there's some more information gathering between now over the next 10 days or so. But then we get in the room. Uh, you know, last couple of days in June, starting the last couple of days in June, we get in the room and for 10 days, and we take all that information. And uh, uh, we're, we we already have like we have a, a system that you know incorporates all that information. So we have a list already that's in order. Uh, but those 10 days are really about stress testing that list, making sure we're asking every possible question we can, following up on any lead we can, uh, challenging uh, each other um, and challenging the list itself um, so that we're as best prepared to you know, make good decisions on draft day. And obviously we get to, we get to start the draft, so we, we get to control that first choice. And uh, it's, a, it's an important choice with you know, stating the obvious. And, uh, we feel good. There's a group of players at the top of the draft this year. We're going to have a good choice to make. Yeah. So the, I mean, there are two dozen players that, or so, the Pirates are going to choose, and, and they're all very important. But everyone wants to talk about naturally. So that number one pick. When you get into the room, is it? I like to know this kind of stuff. Do you have a? a everybody sit, sits in there, and most people like this guy, and a few people like this guy, and a few people like this guy, and this one guy likes another guy, and then they all say, "All right, well." Let's figure it out. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there, state there your is, case. There How is, does that work for the number one overall pick? There is some of that. The difference I would say between you know t today and 20 years ago is that because of the tools we have, um, we're 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 capturing that opinion um, pretty well. We believe kind of throughout the spring season. So the scout's opinion is already baked into this uh, process we use mm -hmm. to to get that initial rank of players up. So rather than go into the draft room and just sort of restate the opinions, because the opinions are are already accounted for, mm -hmm. um, what we try to do is just cut right to the most important questions. Um, so in 20 years ago, I, I was you know as an intern like in a draft room, and it was very you know next player on the list, and then the scout would run down that player. Here's what he does, and here's where he's from, and like and since that information is already incorporated, we try to just cut try to get faster to the most important questions. 
why is he not doing this or why is he doing that? What is going to stop him from being able to do that three years from now? You know, what are the most crucial questions and really focus our energy there um, rather than a rehash of the sort of basic qualities of the players because that stuff's already kind of baked into the process by that point. Yeah. So do the Pirates have a leader in the clubhouse already? I'm not it's asking still, you who, but... It still gets to really good debate, and that's yeah. kind of the fun part yeah. of the draft room is when, you know, people with different perspectives will start going at each other. So you're pretty talk. sure, but there's going to be more discussion because you got to well, make we, sure you get it right. We're pretty sure that we have a group at the top. We're not pretty sure at all about who's going to be 1-1. One, one. Well, that's not fun. Sure about that. That's fun. I like, I like knowing all that stuff. Ben Sherrington, Pirates General Manager on the Ben Sherrington Show. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. we got baseball for you coming up. The Pirates and the Brewers right here on the Pirates Radio Network.